Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Miss Danica. Hello. How's it going? <clears throat> going good here. It's going for you guys. I'm at my grandma's house. Oh, oh. nice. Does she live close? No. <laughs> no. We just drove two days to get here. How long do you get to stay? We're going to be here till I think, Sunday or Monday. And then we're going to drive up to Denver. And then we're going to drive up to Utah. And then we're going to drive home. Long trip. Summertime, right? It's the theme of all these calls lately. Summer time. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Maybe not the theme of today's call, but kind of indirectly. Because we're talking about limiting beliefs. And I have said multiple times that, you know, repeated bravery is the shortest path to whatever you want. And so if we can be more brave in the summer months with our actions, we can do less. Isn't that cool? It's a good motivation. Love that. Oh, I love that a lot. I need to look up. I Okay, so I tell you guys when you're doing, I don't know if everyone's gotten to this yet, but when you're doing your three topics to create little phrases out of your subtopics as you are able to. And I have my own and I had a lot of them memorized. Now I can't remember what they are. So I gotta go look them. I've been out of practice. Where are those? Um, they are, let's, let's show you. Jess, I don't think we've done this, but I think I used you as an example because you kind of do it on your own I was gonna say I feel like we have definitely done this but we haven't done the exercise yeah so these are mine and I have too many I need to edit them but I have take up space your time or energy or space or growth or whatever is worth the investment when your cup's full inspiration has room to visit solve the first problem first repeat it repeat it bravery is repeated bravery is your best shortcut. So like you've heard me say all of these, maybe not in those exact words, but I digress. Um, so, well, where'd it go? We're getting a little off topic here, but we're waiting for people oh, to come. So right. that's okay. Give people time. Um, where's the next slide? So it would be under the content in the toolkit. Engage, content, create your repeatable phrases. Nice. Just out of curiosity, because I, specifically say you don't have to go in here and do all of this 
content because there's a lot of content. I just kind of point it, point you to it as we talk and it's a thing you need. But just out of curiosity, do people in here go through it anyway or do you wait? I think for me, I've been doing the, like, so I'll take like last month, right? As I looked mm -hmm. at your content and said, what do I need to know? Like right now, like right That's now. That's exactly how you should do it. Yes. So I, I've been doing that. And then what I did is all the other content, like when I'm painting, I'll put it on and listen to mm -hmm. it. So like, I'm still absorbing it. Um, but I think that's kind of the way that I've been doing it is trying to go through it. But I really like make sure like notepad focused on the things that I know I really don't know or I'm struggling with. And then the other things I listen to while I'm painting. And then if I get something that I go, oh, wait, I really don't know that. Then I'll mark it down and say, go back and like sit down and, and pay attention. Yeah, I like that. So that's kind of how I do it, too. Um, for whatever content I feel like I need to consume is I'll just sometimes have stuff on in the background that I can just listen to, but no, okay, don't let that distract me. When I need that, it's there, but I just kind of want to like have it floating around in there. And then um, if I really feel like I need to work on my content, I need to work on my engaging with people. I need to work on nurture month or whatever it is. I just listen to that and like really hone in on it and take notes and maybe listen to it again and do a worksheet. Like, to, in my opinion, that's how I would want you to do it. So keep doing that. <laughs> what about you, Megan? Yeah, I'll put on the, if I'm driving back and forth to school, then I'll, that's when I do the private podcast and things like that, that I can just, listen to and take or leave um because I'm not there yet or I'm not um, in that particular situation at the moment but um but then when you send out uh, the sheet that we're working on right then, then I can work on just that cool. one more question and then I'll let Jess take over <laughs> um I, like this month particularly I keep thinking I need to like be more structured with nurture month and I want to like give them all these things, but also it's summertime. And if I give you too much, you're not gonna be able to do it. And then you're gonna feel behind and then you're gonna be like, ah. that's my perception of how it would go anyway. So do you feel like there is a enough or too much? Nobody's gonna hurt my feelings. For for me specifically, I'm more of a structure person. So for me, it's better if you're like, hey, here's some things that I would recommend today or this week um, and then have a call about it. Like I'm very more like I love these calls because it, it like forces me to like really think and settle down and be in it. Um, but that's just me personally. The structure works, works better. Okay, cool. What about you, Michael? I'm not asking Natalie because we have more calls together. Sure. So I'm specifically um, asking about the group. Sometimes, some weeks we have multiple calls and I don't always have other time outside of those to, I, I, ha I have to 
redo my calendar now that it's summer and everything's changing. We had this week of camp and now we're gonna, now maybe it'll change again next week. Um, but sometimes I feel like we get to the call and I'm like, oh, I haven't done anything we talked about or I only got a chance to do one little thing that we talked about. Um, yeah. But that's on me. That, um, well, and right, right now. Yes and no, but sometimes there isn't time to do all the things. And I don't want you to feel like that makes you behind. It just means you are progressing at the pace you can progress at. I like to move fast, but uh, it's not happening right now, so it's okay. When when does your schedule open up? <laughs> I don't know. Ish, a little bit. I, I know that's a funny question. After today, I hopefully. So up until today, you haven't had the space. After today, yeah. you'll have a little bit more space, and you can move a little bit faster. Hope it's okay. Uh, I am recommending this to everybody. Um, let me see if it's up. Uh, yes. Okay. So Becky posted it. Looks like last night. It's Natalie's expert help call. Um, about when you're losing momentum because you have no energy. Mm. What to do? It's in the consistent income feed. You go on that one. The private podcast feed, if not now, soon, but it's at least in the teachable account. So I highly recommend that to everyone. And with that, I'll let Jess take over. Hello, everyone. So. We're talking about sharing vulnerably today, particularly on social media. Just real quick, is everybody on Instagram? What What is everyone's like primary space where they show up online? Instagram for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Natalie, too? Natalie's on both. I do Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Right. But also just you can pretty much just always assume Instagram because I'm not on Facebook, so I don't attract people who use Facebook. So Instagram. Makes sense. I also don't use Facebook, but I have had multiple friends who are have quite large Instagram accounts tell me I need to not be sleeping on Facebook because they are literally making thousands of dollars right now just by share posting reposting their reels to Facebook and getting like ad revenue which is wild so there's that um so I might get on Facebook too I'm curious what it'll be like but a uh, little bit of background on my story and then I want to ask y'all some questions about your current relationship with social media and how you feel about it Um, And then we'll get into some like examples of how I am currently working through limiting beliefs with Jessica's (laughs) workbook because we just did this. We decided, uh, we had already decided that we were going to talk about vulnerability and talk about like sharing, sharing vulnerably. Um, 
prior to our last one-on-one. And then we spent like half of our last one-on-one working through these things that I need to work through (laughs) around sharing because I've been getting stuck with some limiting beliefs around it. Um, And I've been on Instagram for six years now sharing consistently. And so I say that to just, we're going to lead with, this is not something that's like a one and done thing. This is something that as you grow and progress, you will constantly, it's like a spiral, like a growth spiral. So you'll, you are growing. It will change. The challenges will be different, but you'll always have to be doing this work of processing what's keeping you stuck and getting unstuck. Um, and no number or viral post or any kind of perceived success online is going to change the fact that you need to keep working through that process because it doesn't go away. So takeaway number one, normalizing that, (laughs) Um, but a little bit of context. So uh, I started using Instagram specifically to share my art in 2017. And I made that decision from a very particular place. I, at the time, was doing a lot of other things that were not painting. And I was making a decision to step away from those things. I was doing design and art direction. Um, I was working freelance. I had clients. And I decided I wanted to paint instead of continue pursuing that. But I was really afraid of being bad at painting. That's why I had like circled around it and done all these other things for so long, right? Because I really cared about it and I really wanted to be good at it, but I hadn't practiced. So I wasn't good at it yet. (laughs) And so when I started sharing on Instagram, it was this sort of big, brave move to say, I'm going to make bad art and that's going to be okay. And I'm going to share it anyway even the things that I don't think are that great, even the things that don't live up to my taste or my desire for what I wish I could do, I'm going to share it anyway. And this space will be like a commitment to that and it'll be accountability for that. Um, Fast forward six years, everything good that has come to me for my career has been through Instagram. And I don't want to put too much weight on social media specifically because it's not necessarily because of Instagram itself. It's just been the tool. It's just been the medium. It's just been the platform through which I have consistently shown up with a radical amount of vulnerability over and over and over again for six years straight. And that has led to connection after connection, following these trails of breadcrumbs to where I am today. And I'm sure where I will be years down the road from now. And so I also say that to, I want us to recognize the power at our fingertips here. 
it is just a tool. Like the magic is not social media itself. The magic is you have the opportunity to reach a ridiculous amount of people that would normally, you would never have access to quite easily and consistently. Um, And the way that you show up in that space is going to determine what you get back. And so my journey with Instagram from the start was marked by this kind of radical vulnerability of um, not only am I going to commit to showing up and sharing work that I'm not sure if it's good. I'm not sure if I'm good enough. I'm just here, you know, on the journey. Um, not only was I going to do that and and share it, but I talked about it. I talked about what that process felt like and it resonated with people. And I'm essentially doing the same thing now that really hasn't changed. The way I show up on Instagram is still from that posture of here is a glimpse into what I am going through in like the deepest parts of my soul as I create art and put it into the world. Here are the things I'm thinking about. Here's what I'm feeling. And that has been like, that's been the most fruitful part of using social media. That has been the thing that leads to connection. Um, yeah, I've had some some content, you know, go viral. I've had growth from those things. Like people resonate with my work itself. But also when I look at the core community that I have, the deepest connections that I have are with the people who have been in my DMs talking to me about, you know, how they're going through the same sort of thing. And how much they resonate with um, what art means to me and what art means to them. And the act of brave rebellion of continuing to show up and create and, and what that's like for them. Those are the conversations that have cultivated this kind of ride or die loyalty that I, I feel like if I lost my entire following tomorrow, but still had these core people. Um, I wouldn't have lost anything because they are the ones who buy my work. They are the ones who come to my workshops. They are the ones who comment and message and part my stories and reply to my updates as I post painting progress. Like, they are the ones that count. And it's through those moments of radical, brave vulnerability that I've cultivated relationships with them. And so um, I do want to say that doesn't mean you have to share like what's going on in your life personally. I am actually a very private person. I don't like putting my stuff publicly online, which sounds very weird considering the context. Um, 
but I don't, you know, talk openly about much about my personal life. However, I also don't keep like any sort of professional veneer of like polished perfectionism, right? I'm still being incredibly vulnerable. I'm still really like burying my soul there and talking about the sort of deepest innermost things that are going on um, with me personally and how they relate to my work. But I'm doing that without giving any details about like the circumstances of my personal life. Um, And I think a lot of people can get hung up on that of like, oh, I don't want to share too much. I don't want to overshare. I don't want to share too much about um, non-art related things. Um, First of all, everything is art related, but it depends on how you present it and the connections that you make and how you communicate those. Um, And so I do think that it's important to make that distinction and to recognize that um, you can be private and discerning and still be radically vulnerable, which is still the line I try to walk when I, when I share. Um, So before I go into my current limiting beliefs and what I'm working through, um, I want to check in and just see what is it like online for you guys, for each of you. And I'm glad it's a smaller group today, so we can kind of take our time and everyone can share. Um, What is your current relationship with social media like? How are you currently showing up? Um, And what are you you presenting? And how, how do you feel about it? What are you getting back? Jess, can I also interrupt and say at some point, during this, could you share a couple of examples of posts that are vulnerable without details? I think that would be useful. Hold those up. And I think Natalie was asking the question, but then stopped. I had the same question for an example. Yeah. Excellent. Do you want me to make it so you can screen share, Jess, so you, it might be easier? Um, sure, that would be good, actually. Let me pull it up. All right, so I'll let y'all think about your relationship with Instagram while we share some examples of what I'm talking about. So pinned post, this is a good one. Um, (laughs) Because here I am um, talking about how I feel about showing up online. So I am literally sharing about what it's like for me to put my work out there on Instagram. I'm talking about that on Instagram. I'm just going to quickly read my caption. 
Um, so if you're multitasking, you can hear it. Um, uh, oh, and the, can y'all hear the audio? Okay. Um, okay, this is. Um, I finally made, I get to make art and then take a video of me turning around slow for the internet. I can't believe I finally made another painter I follow, Jeff Weir, uh, did recorded that audio and it's just him and his like gritty like low voice being like I can't believe I finally made it I get to turn around make videos of me turning around and showing my art to people on the internet and it's this sort of like <laughs> faulty sarcastic like isn't self-promotion as a creative fun what a time to be alive like that you know um but sarcasm and um this is one of this reel actually is my most viral reel that I've had. It got like over a million views and all this crazy engagement. Like I sold two paintings because someone found me after this reel blew up. Um, so what, like, this is a great ex example here. Um, but here's what I said in the caption is self-promotion as an artist, kind of its own exhausting full-time job on top of actually making the art. Yes but also what a time to be alive. I fight fiercely to remain an optimist because that's how I, that's how I survive life. So I can't help but think how incredible it is that apps like this exist and that we get to be alive right now and use them. That I can share my work here and connect with you and meet some of the coolest people I would never have known if not for the internet. Looking at you guys. <laughs> um, I'm tired. Figuring out how to show up online genuinely and sustainably is one big, weird, ongoing experiment. And also the rules keep changing, which is annoying. But hey, friend, here we are. Here you are seeing my art. Here I am sharing it. And to me, that still feels a little like magic. I'm glad you're here. So uh, what's going on beneath the surface here is... Um, when I shared this, I was uh, like four or five months post very tumultuous, painful divorce. Uh, I was exhausted. I was trying to figure out how to put my life back together. Um, I didn't say any of that because that's not something I was comfortable putting on the internet publicly at that time. I don't know if I ever will be, you know, like maybe just in safe spaces like this. Um, or maybe it will turn into something that I share in certain ways, who knows. But at that time, there was a lot more going on that I shared. But it was still connected to what I was feeling and what I was going through and how I was processing. How do I show up and engage on Instagram well, I am like carrying all of this really heavy stuff. Um, and this is very much what my work is about too. So when I say, said in the caption, um, I fight fiercely to remain an optimist because that's how I survive. That's me sharing the core heart vulnerability. The, the personal 
oversharing, like not appropriate to put on Instagram context is I just left an abusive relationship and I am literally fighting for my life. And this is what I'm processing in my work. But also if you felt comfortable sharing that, that would be okay. I just don't yeah. think that most people are okay with that level of detail. Yeah. And, and I said inappropriate because it would have been inappropriate for me at that time. So I'm not putting, that's not like a blanket statement on what is or is not appropriate for you. That's so dependent on each person. So thank you for saying that. Um, and again, like that may be something that I like after time has passed, that may be something I do end up sharing. But at that time, while I was like going through it, it's not something I felt safe. It, it would not have been safe for me to put that online. And so, but the core underneath it, the sort of like heart piece is what I shared anyway. And I really believe that people can tell they can feel that and they respond to it. Um, let me see. Um, pretty much everything I share, there's like some element of vulnerability there. Some of them are just for fun. Uh, this one was like a really easy one where I just filmed myself sitting and looking at my painting and I found this cool audio where someone was talking about how can we start a club for like, just like napping and crafting. And again, I'm in a season of life where I was feeling pretty tired and worn down. Um, and so I talked about the importance of, of rest and sitting with your work and slowing down with it and that your creativity will still be there for you. Um, I didn't share anything about my actual situation in this or the circumstances of why I was feeling that way. Um, but I still touched on something deep that was like at the core. Um, yeah. Does that help? The way I see what you are saying and also kind of how I go about it is I think about it like one obsessed you guys can hear me say these words but when you are writing maybe at the beginning you explicitly say whatever it is about the situation such as pretend I'm just for I'm feeling really worn down with this divorce and it sucks and I'm tired and blah 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 and I just feel like by the time you get past all of the specifics and you get to the, here's how I feel. Here's what I'm thinking about. Here's the thing that I'm trying to process. Like I, once you get down to that part, that's relatable and vulnerable without having to tell anyone what it's about, but people will still, because they're feeling it too, be able to grab onto that and say, yes, I get it. 
And that's not um, usually how I write is I kind of just jump into that like second part. But I think that's a, if this is something that's new for you, that's a great exercise to try. Try writing about the actual like vulnerable, sticky, tricky, personal thing. Um, and then see where it goes and then take that piece, the, the sort of stuff that rises to the top. Um, so what, go for it. Oh, sorry. Do you mind if I ask a question about that? Um, and I'm sorry, did I cut you off? I can, I can wait if it's good. I was just going to prompt you, prompt you all to talk. So, Uh, okay, cool. Um, cause I think the last, the last meeting we had, we talked about this writing that you were just talking about. And I started doing that and you're absolutely right. Like the feelings came out and it's all there. Like it's all in the paper now every day. Like I got it. What I'm really, really struggling with. And you just talked about this, like limiting belief is how to now frame it. Right. So like I look at my work and I'm like, wow, that's a beautiful, like beautiful work about your feelings on paper. But like the whole framing it to the audience is the exact thing I'm struggling with. Can you Um, tell me about what you mean by framing it? Yes. Um, sorry if I get a little emotional. Um, so I'm just going to use an example space for that. We like to get emotional here. It's all good. Yeah. So, um, one of my morning pages, I talked about how I'm moving and I moved from California to Idaho just to become an artist. So it was literally like, give up every little thing, you know, to go move, to become an artist. I'm so sorry. I'm crying. So sorry. No apologies for it. That is cry worthy. That is absolutely cry worthy and deeply relatable and crying is good. Yeah. Um, so I went through like, no joke, 30 days of crying, like nonstop, like as you're, you're packing, right. And as you're putting your things away and as it's like, your life is just all of a sudden in that box. Right. And so everybody talks about how moving is so terrible and it takes so much time and they have all these feelings, which I think they can emote to, but my frame, like what I'm actually feeling is every box is putting away a memory and putting away a piece of me, like that I used to know, right? Like I used to be this corporate executive. I used to be this person that would put on this people pleasing face. Like I used to put all these things on and it literally was like moving was putting all that in a box and saying like, Hey, we may not open that box again, right? That box actually may be going to the trash. It may not be coming with us. Right. And so it came out of my morning pages and it's like this beautiful piece. Like I, I feel like people connect to that, but I also don't know how to frame what I just said. You know what I mean? Like, it's really hard because I write in like poem form. A lot of my stuff comes out in poems. And so it's hard to like frame, like, here's how I'm feeling about moving in a poem form. I don't know if any of this is making sense. Um, but it's just kind of what I'm struggling with is taking all that, that I'm processing and putting on a page and now like framing it to somebody. Right. And I'm so, I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, first of all, thank you for sharing. And it's a cry about that. That's a really huge, big thing. I've moved a lot and I know those feelings and it like, 
that's heavy. That's something people can relate to for sure. Um, and it's so okay to cry about it. And thank you for sharing. And you never have like, this is blanket statement on every workshop ever. And I think I'm speaking for both myself and Jessica. Um, tears are safe here. It is okay. We encourage like displays of emotion are more than welcome. Um, you're not alone. So in good company, I have cried in these (laughs) multiple times. Um, but thank you for sharing that with us. And I'm so glad you asked the question because that brings up such a good point that like, once you do have those pieces, like essentially what you're saying is you have, um, done the work you've boiled it down and you, you have these raw, this raw material of like beautiful vulnerability that is connected to your experience that, you know, people can relate to, like you have this treasure. How how do you then offer it? What does that look like? And that is a very different process that, and just for me, what I do. So once I sit there and for me, it's usually in notes on my phone or even sometimes just in Instagram captions, I will just like stream of consciousness, write it out, edit it down. I get something, you know, that you see on my feed. Um, I've been doing that for a long time. So it's like pretty streamlined. Um, But there is an element of like, okay, just get it out there. And then once I'm thinking about, once I shift from, okay, I've like exposed this vulnerable thing. It is a pivot where I then step back and evaluate much more like logically and strategically. And this is where I kind of like put my business person marketing hat on and I go, how is this going to land online? for people who don't have context, which is also why I often end up sharing just those core pieces without a lot of personal context. Not only because it feels like the right move for for me in my life, but also because it makes it more accessible for a broader number of people to relate to. For example, if you are talking about your move and you lead with the details of your specific circumstances, that may be a frame that keeps it kind of closed off to a more narrow audience and only people who have gone through something similar will relate to it. Whereas if you lead with the feeling of doing something brave, of sacrificing and navigating grief and loss for the sake of something you value more. That's something that people can grab into. And as an artist, when when you get to relate that to your work, like it's even more powerful. And so I can't answer 
like specifically for you, like only, you know, how to frame it for your audience. Um, but the approach that I take and the advice I would give is to really, you know, give yourself a little space, step back and look at, okay, who is following me? Who engages? What, what do they know? What have I shared with them? That's really sunk in. What context do I really need to give? Um, what, what is the universal experience that I can pull from here? That's going to relate um, most accessibly to the largest number of people. And that's not about watering down your message. It's about essentializing the most important piece of it. That's most universally true. Um, and that is actually going to hit deepest. I think. So if I, hear, so if I hear you correctly, I think what I'm hearing you say is it's not about the frame of moving. What it's really about is there's points in our lives where we make these really big decisions about who we want to become. And when you're becoming that, it means that you're also letting all that past go. And that transition can feel really gnarly and there's grief and there's sadness. But the beauty is at some point, you're going to walk out the door and you're, you're, you're going to become that, that you were trying to become. So that's what I'm hearing you say. It's not about the move. It's not about the boxes. It's about that like core natural feeling of what I'm going through. Is that, did I take that I away? Right. Not post right there. Okay. I was going to say nailed it. Nailed okay. it. Got it. Got it. Thank you so much. That's so helpful. Cause I feel like all my morning pages are that. <laughs> and so I'm just kind of like, how the heck do you frame it? But I think you're actually saying like, don't frame it in the context don't of frame you. And it is important to like frame it in the sense that, right? Like when you're actually like translating those morning pages to a caption, you're doing so with the filter of how is someone who has zero context and doesn't remember what I shared last week? Because let's be real. That's most people. Um, how is someone with none of that going to get value from this? And that's an important like hat to wear when you're making those decisions. Um, but it comes after the morning pages. Got it. Okay. Marketing hats don't belong in morning pages. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's you super could helpful. also say like, what does this have to do with my art? So like after, again, on in the marketing hat piece, mm -hmm. as you are talking about how you're sacrificing something for something you want even more, in that instance, maybe you do want to say, and I'm moving because I want this thing more than I want this other thing. Yeah. But it, that's an optional. I'm just like, Say yeah. if you really want people to understand the journey of what you're talking about, you can always think, does this relate back to my art? But it's not necessary. That's just like an extra. For example, I'll give my story because I think in the future, I will probably speak about my experience with abuse and coming out of that. Um, because here's the thing. 
my work that you see here, the florals and figures, um, that combination is about the way we use flowers as the container for the, the entire spectrum of our emotional experience as humans. It's the grief and the longing and the hope and the joy. It's all of it. And overlaying them as these like elusive, transparent things is a way of exploring how, what it feels like to try to stay awake and keep showing up and keep living your life and commit to all of that, the longing and the loss, the grief and the hope, the whole thing. Um, for people who know me in my personal life, that narrative means a lot more because they know my story of surviving abuse and getting out. Like when you know that context of that, like deeply personal information, it changes the way you relate to the meaning of the work. And so I'm not going to share that stuff just to share it. I would share that stuff because it changes the way you engage with the work and it deepens your experience of the meaning of it. And so I probably will open up more about it specifically in the future um, for that reason. And that's the kind of mindset I want you to have when it comes to evaluating like why and how you get vulnerable is it really is, I don't know, I was going to say it's in service of the work, but I think the work is also in service of vulnerability and connection. It's both and. Why, why do we make art? Like, that's some, that's only like half a rhetorical question. Like, actually, like, why do we make art? Would anyone like to answer that? I know that's a very hard question, but. For me, it's a, it's a processing mechanism to get out the feelings that I can't put words to. So it's, it's like taking this ball of something that I don't know what it is. And literally it's almost like a, I know this sounds bad, but it's like a vomiting process. It's like, literally like, how do I take all this that's going on inside and put it into something so that I can now focus on the present or the future instead of what I'm going through. That's going to make me cry, damn. <laughs> yeah. really. mm -hmm. um, and I think, I think a lot of artists can relate to that. I think that's, that's true in some way for most of us. And I would also say when you share that work, the work carries that and people feel it and connect with it. Putting your, creating the work itself is about processing your experience. Sharing the work and engaging with art is about connecting your experience to the experience of someone else. It's all a way for us to feel seen and like we matter and like we're alive.
whether you're making it, you're looking at it, you're engaging with it. Art is a way for us to feel more fully human. Dan, this is out of context now, but I have to say it before I forget it. I did not know that you moved from California to Idaho so you could be an artist. Like when I heard that, I was like, okay, that's cool. And that made me feel like one more plug, granted that was a strong plug, but one more strong plug of connection to you and your story and why you do things and what motivates you and all of that. So sometimes the context is a good thing to share. Mm -hmm. I agree. That's the hard, no, 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 you're so valid. And um, I think this is the hard piece that I've been really working through on a personal level is to me, and this goes back to you asked like the relationship with social media. And if I'm dominating this conversation, like tell me to stop. <laughs> um, it's all good stuff. And okay. I Natalie and Megan to, and Casey to jump in if they need to. Yeah, please. Um, this, and this is great. Cause it's a great example of like, we're workshopping exactly what we're talking about. Okay, great. So my, my relationship with social media has been like pure hatred like pure hatred. And the reason why is because I was taught to live this life of insecurity and don't see me, right? Like, don't see me. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure everybody else is seen, but don't see me. Right. So I'm going to ask you about you. I'm going to learn about you. I'm going to cheer you on, but don't see me. Like, don't see me. Right. Every woman in the room. (laughs) Right. Yes, exactly. Like you're a man, like, oh, you get all the things, but I'm a woman like, no, no, no. Right. And so what I've been really, really working on the last year is like those baby steps of see me. Right. And so they were little things like go to the restaurant and say like, no, 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 I'm gluten and dairy free. Like, please make sure I'm not going to get sick. You know, like little, little things. So I started that way with social media of like, okay, you're going to see my art. Like you're, I'm just going to put it up there. Right. And then the next was, um, here's what the art's about. And then the next was, here's a poem. But what, what I think the hatred is, is that I know when it goes out into the world, there's judgment, right? Like I know, like you may see it as beautiful, but somebody else may see it as ugly. Right. And so I'm like mentally processing all those things that I think people are thinking once it goes out. And so when I did my interview with Jess, she had said like, Hey, you need to tell your story. And so I started doing that and it got easier. But I think the thing that I really hate is that like, I'm so scared to now make that connection because now people are knowing my vulnerability. Right. So like they're having comments about whether it's the abuse that I went through or it's the move or whatever. And so it's just taking so much emotion for me. Cause every time I step on Instagram, I'm having to now be brave. I'm having to be courageous, but it's not like a second a day, right? Like this is every single day over and over and over. Um, so it's just a process. I'm really like baby stepping into is like every day I'm trying to do something a little bit more brave, but I just honestly, like, I can't stand it. Like, <laughs> I can't stand it. So are you saying that you can't stand 
having to be brave all the time? Are you saying that you can't stand people knowing your business? Are you saying you can't stand having to, sh- like, yeah, there's the past where you were, but today, today, what can yeah. you stand? It's this feeling of look at me. It's this feeling of here's my story. Like, can I just like be real for a second? It's like, here's my story. Here's my vulnerability. Here's my emotion. I know they're valid. And I love talking to my friends in the same room about them, but it just feels so fake. Like it, it literally feels so fake. And that's what I can't stand. Right. And I think like the morning pages are helping me because it's making it more real, but it's, it's almost like I'm putting this judgment person, like, how do I say this better? Jessica, it's like, I'm calling somebody that I know is an asshole on the other line. Like, that's what it feels like as soon as I post, like, you know what I mean? Like there's going to be this asshole on the other side and I just can't get over that. Like, that's what I hate. I think the best solution or the best next solution to this that you're talking about is when we get to the, just was going to get to the limiting belief example. Yeah. I feel like that is where that needs to go. Because if it starts all becoming up here and like, this is keeping you from going, that's when that limiting belief examiner needs to come into play. It's not a, you know, like, this is what I need to do. And honestly, this is even kind of what I want to do, but I don't want to feel this way about it. I want to feel differently about it. Exactly. So that I can do more. Yeah. You know, can I put a pin for a second? Yeah. Is it okay if I say something? Please. Okay. Um, Donica, is it Danica or Donica? Thank you so much for asking. It's Danica. <laughs> okay. Danica. Uh, first of all, I like 100% am with you. Jessica knows that my authenticity is like my thing. And I get really hung up on it and look forward to more discussions on limiting beliefs. Um as a pastor and somebody that does pastoral counseling, we have a, especially when it comes to sermons, we have a thing like preach from your scars, not from your wounds. And I do, I think it's important to recognize that if you aren't, if you're in the middle of it, then, then it's okay to be careful about exposing those vulnerabilities. If you haven't been through the process of processing it, um, you are opening yourself up to um, sort of dangerous territory in my mind of, um, of trying to heal on ma- on mass. And I don't, I, I'm wary of that. Uh, there's preach from your scars, not from your wounds. Like there are things that are never fully healed. Maybe it's gross, but preach from your, you know, post from your scabs maybe. Um, I, I, I do feel protective over that space. When I was going through my stuff, my kids are around here, so I'm not going to, um, and people would want to connect with me around that, uh, especially as a pastor. I, I had to realize that I couldn't. I could only go so far, and then I'd have to say, like, I really can't, I can't just at this boundary, I can't, I'm not ready to be there for you or be in a conversation around this without it being all about me. Um, And so I just, I think it's, 
important to be aware of what you are ready to share and what, what you're ready to hear about as well. Because it, even if you're not giving the details, if it's something that's still really raw, um, that does not contribute to your healing. Unless what really helps you is hearing a lot of like, me too, which is definitely a thing. Um, but I just wanted to flag that a little bit. Thank you. Casey, I'm so glad you said that. Um, I was, I was going to say the same, essentially, like, and I will just add as well, you always get to decide what you share and how much, how vulnerable you want to get, what kind of vulnerable you want to get. And you, you get to change your mind at any point. If it does not feel good, and I think we know the difference between like, it's the difference between discomfort and pain. So we talk about that a lot in yoga, where you're in a pose. It's not supposed to be comfortable a lot of the time. Vulnerability and sharing are the same. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's supposed to stretch you. It's not supposed to cause you pain. And there is a difference. And the, you know the difference because you decide what that difference is, right? And it sounds to me like it has been a pain point for you and we do not want that. So we'll, we'll definitely like, we'll do the limiting belief stuff. We'll work through this. We'll, like there's for sure, there are ways we can get unstuck. We got you, you're gonna be just fine. And it's not supposed to feel this bad. We don't want you to hate it. It's not worth it. Let's change the way we do it. And you get to decide that. And that power is yours always. Always, always, always. And I think- And I want to, oh, sorry. Cool. I was just going to say, <laughs> <laughs> real quick, and then- the filter that Casey brought up of discerning a little bit of distance from your like most like vulnerable spots is an important part of that, of deciding what to share. Um, And it's okay to process something And the way that I've done it is usually by that, like boiling down, okay, what is the core thing I want to talk about that's related to what I'm going through? And it rings deeply true because I'm deep in it, but I'm not sharing what it is that I'm deep in. So I'm not exposing my, my wounds necessarily. It also hasn't become a scar. So I'm still kind of sharing it, but it's, it's ambiguous enough. It's removed enough to where I'm firm in that, in what I'm sharing. And if people are going to come at me for it, I've got a little bit of, of a callus around that, a little bit of thick skin around that. And that's why it's important to do that process and then decide how to frame it and how to present it. And it, and it's important to be confident in the part that you are sharing to be secure in that, like 
security and vulnerability are not mutually exclusive, right? Like you can have something that's very vulnerable to share and also feel very like powerful and strong in that stance. And that's the, it, that it's that overlap that we want to speak from, if that makes sense, because those are the areas where you're still showing your, your cards, you're still putting it all out there and you know, you can stand firm in it and you're not going to be, you know, pushed over by an asshole on the internet. I want to come back to that too, but Jessica, go. Oh, real quick. I was just going to say that the, the reason why I believe so strongly in the limiting belief examiner is because you decide what is the thing that I want to switch my belief to. It's not just the opposite of, it's not shit. It's not safe for me to share online to, it is safe for me to share online. Like we don't, go from A to Z, we go from, well, what can Danica believe? Maybe Danica believes that. Um, you want to use mine? Yes, please. Will you, will you say what we can Yeah. With so and now that, I mean, y'all, y'all have heard me allude to like my situation multiple times now. So it's even better. You have, you have the context. Um, my stuck belief, cause I haven't shared on Instagram really in a while, not consistently been pretty quiet for the last few weeks actually um and comparatively quiet overall for the last couple months and big part of that um when I was working through it with Jessica is that my stuck belief is that being seen is not safe and there is a level at which for my situation that's like pretty like rooted in reality right like I have a very abrasive, aggressive ex who like, if he sees stuff on me online, like could retaliate and send threatening text messages and stuff like that. Um, so there really is this sense of like, my, my brain is like, we're trying to keep you safe and putting yourself out there, you know, in addition to like years of social conditioning that women are supposed to be like quiet and subservient and in the margins and, that being in that abusive relationship where like, if I took the spotlight, it didn't go well and I got punished and like all this stuff, years of conditioning. My brain is like, we're, we're really stuck on this belief that being seen is not safe. Um, one, I'm working on that in therapy. So we're, we're doing the work because <laughs> I don't want to live from that because that's not the whole truth, right? However, like Jessica was saying, just telling myself, no, no, being seen is safe. Ain't going to cut it because that's not true either. It's not, that's not the whole truth either. And my, like, I've got enough evidence that my brain is like, absolutely not, not falling for that. We've got to keep you safe and being seen is not safe. Here's example, A, B, C, D. So just trying to like tell myself that's not true isn't going to work. So what we did was we worked through, okay, well, what is the counter belief that is also true that I can root into that's connected to my values? And we pulled up my values and talked through those and realized that the counter to being seen is not safe 
is that being seen is worth it. Mm. Yeah. Because in order to anchor into that, I do not need to believe that it's safe. I just need to focus on the belief that it's worth the risk because I really do believe that. That is just as true for me. And I have a a whole body of evidence to support that too. I have a whole host of examples of the, the instances where putting myself out there, even when it felt scary and not safe, led to moments of meaningful connection, of, of beauty, of relationships, of my work being validated and my message being heard of myself, like feeling understood and, and seen in the best way. And where that led to the things I value and the type of life that I want to live. And that magic on the other side of that makes the risk worth it. And that's the example of stuck belief and a freeing belief, a counter belief. It's not that you just have to convince yourself not to think the way you think, because your brain is working that way for a reason. It's trying to keep you safe. And you have like, you have the life you've lived. You have all this experience. You have all this information that's in there. It It's you're, you're thinking those thoughts for a reason. So just telling yourself like, that's not true. Think differently, like, isn't going to do it. It's anchoring into, okay, what is something that's connected to my values? What is something that is just as true, if not more true for me, that is going to serve me. And that's the difference between the limit, the limiting belief and the freeing belief, right? A limiting belief is there for a reason, but it's no, like, it's no longer serving you. It's not actually propelling you to the life that you want. And so what is something that you can anchor into that actually serves you and actually propels you into the life that that you want. Can I, I, I also, Danica, have the same reaction to people's, like I assume, I once took a photo of myself in like a lot of crazy makeup and a wig and rainbow gloves and it and then I wrote across it like um it's really hard cultivating vulnerability for you all or something like like this this cultivated vulnerability that does not feel sincere and yet I know like is but when we've been talking about all this because I have the same hang-ups um I was thinking about when I was telling, you know, when I started telling people about uh, my divorce and the responses I would get from people were just as much about their own fears as about what was going on with me, sometimes more, especially if they were related to me or connected to me at all. The like, I don't want to see what you're seeing. And so I don't know if I'm making sense, but when I heard you talking about it, Danica, it's helpful when you hear somebody else vo- vo- vocalizing your, your hangups. Um, I, I thought, oh, 
what is it about those empowered, particularly women, that is rubbing me the wrong way? And is it more about me being scared to do that than it is about them being wrong for doing it? And I'm sure some of them are really real and some of them are not what they seem, but that doesn't doesn't affect me. Um, so I'm this makes me interested in going like, okay, what is it that's scaring me about being seen? Jess, can you say your limiting belief re, re, reframe again? Because uh, I'm going to put it up with my- That belief is being seen is not safe and the freeing belief is being seen is worth it. And you can steal mine or you can do it for yourself. I think I'm, it doesn't surprise me the, that a lot of us share the same ones. Um, and yours might be totally different and that's okay too. And it's important that you decide what it is for you, even if you borrow mine. Can I just add something? It's maybe a little not on point, but when Danica, when you were saying that you you almost force yourself to be braver each day on Instagram, that's the bar that's setting the bar very high. I think I do share vulnerable things, but I also share, and I, I don't, I'm not saying that I you should do what I do, but I also share when my cat's done something funny in my studio. So you're more than your trauma, I guess, and and or maybe you saw a lot a lovely flower or or a tree that's just made you happy. I don't know. I just wanted to say that you can you don't have to post about that every time. And I really appreciate you. Oh, sorry, Jess. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say on that, just to pay you back up, add to that a little bit. Vulnerability doesn't mean just sharing your trauma or like the serious sad things. It could like you being vulnerable could be you sharing a story about something dumb that your cat did in the studio. Like it really could. It could be a silly moment. It could be a joyful moment. It could be like it. It's vulnerable if it's meaningful to you and other people can connect to it. If you are revealing something that is meaningful to you and you're putting that out there, you're doing it. It does not have to be serious. It does not have to be sad. It does not have to be painful. It could be silly. It could be joyful. It could be funny um, or anything in between or it can be heavy and sad. But it, I think a good filter would be like if you ran into or met up with one of your friends and you're like, I want to tell you that's a great thing to share because you would want to tell that to someone you connect with. Or if, in my case, you're sitting around a campfire late at night and you're like talking about something that maybe is a little heavier, that's also a great thing to share. But if you would if you would share that with someone that you love and you can't wait for it to come out of your mouth or it's like something that lights you up when you talk about it or it just feels good to let it out, 
pick any of those kinds of filters, get thumbs up for me. And I'm glad you brought that up too, because I, I'm most most things we talk about are like very much like individual, you do you, but this is, I'm going to make a blanket statement rule for everybody. And that is that when you talk to people, when you talk to like an online audience, I want you to talk to your friend. And that is a hard and fast rule. Like I want you to write to a kind, loving friend who is a kindred spirit who gets you. And same rules. If it's too detailed and you don't want to share it online, you just share Totally. Everything else still applies, but I'm talking about who are you picturing on the other side of the screen? And that's what I mean. I'm not talking about what you share or how you write it necessarily. I'm just talking about who is the person in your head that's going to read it? Who are you picturing sitting there reading what you write or listening to what you share? Just tell them yours. I mean, I picture my friends. I picture um, a particular group of core kindred spirits. It's about five women, actually. Um, and I could like, like Diana and Lindsay and Dana and Kira, like I could name them. Like they're actual people now. Um, some of them I know in real life, some of them I've never met and they live on the other side of the world, but we've just DM'd a lot and they always reply to my stories and comment on my stuff. And I know that they are kindred spirits. I know that they're kind. I know that they get the things that I talk about. I know that they care about the things I care about. Um, and when I post online, I'm talking to them and I was talking to them before I met them. And I think that's how I met them. I met them because I consistently created content and shared things for them. And then they found me. And I continue to attract more of them. Because I continue, whenever I continue sharing that, they find me. And if you're picturing the asshole on the other line, and don't get me wrong, they're out there and I still get them. But if you're writing with them in your head, you're probably going to get more of them because it'll change the way you put yourself out there. It'll change the tone. It'll change the way people read it and react to it. And so that's why I'm saying this is like a firm rule is I want you to picture someone kind in your mind. And if you need to think of a specific person, if you need to, when you are doing, putting your marketing hat on and you're kind of framing these things and thinking about how you want to share them and you need to think about it, Danica, who is someone that follows you online that you feel safe with and that you love? Um, I've never met her, but there's a woman it's blue. I think she's Bluebird cottage is the name. 
Yeah. Think about her. Okay. And think about how is, how is this going to land for her? And what that's going to do, it's a shortcut for your brain to focus on the positive outcomes that make it worth it for you to take this risk. Because thinking about that person is shorthand for connection. Like that, that makes it genuine, right? Like when I, it's the difference between kind of Kate, Casey and Danica, what you were talking about, that sort of like fake authenticity of like, look at how vulnerable I am. Here's my story. Here's my story. Here's my trauma internet. And the, the difference between that and just like putting it out there to the void for no reason and talking to someone who is on the other side of that screen, who's a real person who, you know, cares about your story and relates to it. And all of a sudden sharing my story or my trauma or the funny thing that happened or whatever matters. It's real because I care about telling that to Lindsay on the other side of the screen, because I know that she's sitting there reading it, feeling more seen and less alone. And it, it makes it worth it. It matters. And I know that we all have someone who can fill that spot because you're in this group. So pick one of us, speaking for me and Jessica. Yeah, I was going to say, you can always do me if, if that's helpful to you. Jessica's on my short list too. Like from very early on, she was one of the ones that I thought about that I talked to like since like 2017, 2018. How does that land for everyone? Does that like, does that make sense? Does that feel like something that changes how it feels to show up? Can we just like everybody in their head right now, pick one person? Because hearing that is great. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. But then I thought, you know what? Jess just said, I've been one of her people. If I was writing to her, that would make things a lot easier for me. And when I just put those two things together, oh. And I also, I would love to say here that I have had periods in my life where I shared every single day on social media for like years. And recently I have just really not been very active. I'm like, it's not a priority for me, but when it frames into what is this person that I love or I will love want to hear, what's going to make their life better? How can I give to them? Then I'm like, well, I should just do it. Mm -hmm. And it becomes less of a chore and more of a love, heart-centered thing. And that's the magic of social media. You create whatever you want it to be. 
it can be what it can be a nightmare hellscape where there's just a bunch of asshole trolls on the other side of the screen. It could totally be that happens all the time. And it can also be this magical space full of like incredible kindred spirit connections with an unlimited amount of support and cheerleaders and where you feel seen and understood and you've found your people and they cheer you on. Like it can also be that. And it is kind of like wild west out there. Like there, you can't fully control it, but you're still driving the car. You create the space. You really do. And you do that by consistently showing up in a particular way. And if like, we can compare it to like, if we get really woo woo and think about how the energy that we put out there, like will attract similar energy. Like I think a a lot of us can relate to that on some level. The like social media is kind of a microcosm example of that literally the algorithm changes what you see based on how you interact with the things you see. You are actively creating your experience of reality there in a very real immediate feedback kind of way, which can be terrifying and also incredibly powerful and empowering. And if you take some agency with that and you do those exercises to keep your brain focused on the outcomes that you want, including the type of people you want to attract, and you write to them, you think about them, talk to them, you will find them. They will find you. And that's magical. That is like super cool. I think that's how we all got here. Yeah. So you're already. I'm doing thinking it. about like accounts that just post things to go viral, to grow, and those are the ones that have the biggest trolls on. Like you look at the the comments under any of those things, and it's one person saying, "Yeah, let's go," and it's another person saying, "Who said to me it?" And like all the things in between, and everybody trolling on it. You see those gibbets, but I do. <laughs> but if we're not posting to grow we're posting to share our heart and connect people with our art and connect to other people and we have these other intentions that's what you're gonna how are we feeling any questions comments anyone feeling stuck in a particular way and want to work through it we didn't actually get to the limiting belief examiner but there is um, some pretty solid in my opinion videos on it if you really want to explore that Um, it's under confidence in the toolkit um face your fears when you're having, having trouble started the limiting belief examiner. I'm going to put a link to that in the chat. Um, there's also 
in that link. There's me talking through it shortly, but then I've put in four different case studies so far of me talking people through the examiner to like help you understand how it's really used. So I think that that would be helpful. And then if you want to post or have any questions, you can put it in Slack. Jessica, did you want to add anything else, like talk through any other final note? Um, part of me wants to say it, and part of me thinks it's going to just cause too much confusion. I'm not sure if I should or not. But if I'm going to. And then if this just makes your head explode, just ignore it. I'm just focused on what Jess said, practice that. Well, a couple things. One, also under the toolkit, there is a, under the face repairs, there's a 30 day challenge. Danica's talking about, I'm doing it every day and it's really like getting to me. Um, I think in that context, you could say, okay, I'm gonna do this for 30 days. So there's an end point to it. And you can at that point decide, how much do I still want to share vulnerably, but I've really immersed myself in it and practiced it and put myself through the ringer so I know how much I can handle, how much I can't, what results came of it, what were the benefits that I got out of it. And you do that in a container where you can figure it out quickly. And so you're not just dragging it out for years and years. Um, even like just said at the beginning, that we're always in this cycle and you know, you're solving it for now and maybe later some different aspect of it comes up and maybe you wanna do it again at that point. But like solving it for now is what I wanted to say. Um, and then as far as the content around connecting with content, um, I've got that one content method one called the three big topics where you really think about what does my art mean to me? What are the things that would connect people with my art? And then you can always take that vulnerable moment and tie it back to one of your bigger topics. So like Jess's is often about beauty or it's often about um, being brave and rebellious. So like those are kind of her core things that she comes back to. And so it creates a, a brand around your art. Do I think you have to go there right now and everything needs to come back to these things? No, I just want you to practice it for now. But big picture, if we can work towards having some bigger themes, I think that that's useful for people to know what to expect from you. Anything else? I think that's all I'm going to share. Any final questions before we wrap up? Just thank you for the time today, as always. Thank you all. Thank you. Is this your favorite thing?
think this is probably everybody's and it doesn't hurt my feelings at all I love it it's my favorite because I get to hang out with y'all <laughs> and I always come in like with a loose idea of what I'm going to talk about and I feel like we always go like it always ends up being so much richer than what I have planned because of what everybody shares which is my favorite part. thank you everybody for sure yeah thank you for for showing up being here also I didn't hear anything in particular that our next topic needs to be did you Mm-mm. did anyone this is a problem. Oh, I'll send you some, Jess. I got plenty. <laughs> I'll DM you. Please do. Not email. Them- Not email. Not email. Good job. Not email. <laughs> I haven't even been on Instagram in like four or five, six days. Like, I'm on vacation mode. I'm doing it. Like, I'm working. But I'm, I'm doing my minimum. So, but yes, please do DM me because I catch up to do it. Um, anybody else have questions? Hey. Thanks. Same time, Thank same place you. next year or next month. <laughs> um, Jessica, can Bye. I stay on with you for a second? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm gonna stop the recording. That was lovely. I love everyone. That was